The end of the world is coming. And that's good news. Maybe we don't think about it as good news, or as something that's coming very soon. It might come a million years from now. It might come before you finish breakfast this morning. Unless you've had breakfast already. But we are, we are living in the end times. Writers in the, early, in the early church and throughout the church's history have said that there are three times in the history of the world. There's the time before Christ. There's the time when Christ was alive. And there's the time we're living in now, the time of the church. These are the last times. And Scripture gives us a number of different images to understand what it means that Christ is coming and what his coming will be like. And the most beautiful to my mind uh, is the image that Christ's coming to earth is going to be like a wedding. I was at a wedding last weekend. I was away for one weekend. I was in Virginia uh, at the wedding of my best friend from college. I was the best man. It was very beautiful. I loved it. Especially because they're just people that I love very much and care about. Um, but it just gave me an opportunity kind of to reflect on this image of the wedding feast a little bit more and, and what it means. A wedding feast isn't something you look at with terror. It's not something you run away from. It's not something you're scared of. It's something you look forward to with deep joy that you get excited about and that you enjoy when it comes. But Jesus says in this gospel that people will die in fright in anticipation of what's coming. So if this is a wedding feast, if this is something we're looking forward to, something that's beautiful and good, why would people die in fright of it? Well, if you're showing up to the wedding and you're the best man and you did something like forgot the rings, then there would be reason to be terrified. If you were in charge of the meal for the wedding, and you got to that morning and you realized you never called a caterer, you'd have reason to be terrified. So the reason why we might be terrified at the coming of this is if we're not prepared. The other reason we might be terrified is that what will come at the end of time when the Lord comes and joins heaven and earth to himself is that his love, his total love, his sacrificial love, is going to encompass everything. But we know that our, our culture gives us so many other different kinds of visions of love. Love is getting to do with my body, whatever I want, with anybody I want, anytime. And if our vision of love is poor, if our vision of love is just about getting what we want for ourselves all of the time, then when that love comes, real love, and it fills the whole world, that thing that's so beautiful and so good might be a little hard for us to receive. So it's on us, we have a kind of responsibility to cultivate a tenderness and an openness to real love now so that we're ready for it when Christ comes. So to that end, I just want to recommend two practices for Advent this year. I find it very helpful at the beginning of Advent Maybe to jot down a couple of notes. We have these little blue books at the entrances that you can take. We even have a space in there for doing a little bit of journaling. Um, I found those books really helpful in the past. I commend them to you. They're here for you. Um, but two practices. Silence and the sacrament of reconciliation. So first, about silence. Right? Silence is hard. 
just is. Right. We, live in, we live in a world where everything is noisy, where we always have stuff at our fingertips. Anytime you're bored, you can just reach for your phone. Uh, right? And sometimes maybe we desire deeper things. Maybe we want a deeper connection with the Lord and a life of prayer. And maybe it's appealing. Oh, but there's Netflix. But we're, we're, we're created for silence. And in the silence, we discover who God is. There's a man I know who, who's a composer. He teaches composing to college students. And he tells his students, when he's teaching them how to compose, that if you want to learn how to be creative, you have to learn how to be bored first. Uh, we don't like being bored, but bored, being bored is actually a precondition for being creative. If you want something beautiful to come out of you, you have to learn how to kind of sit in the nothingness first. And also, when we're bored, which we all are from time to time, we don't like being bored. There's a reason we don't like being bored. It's because we've been created for more, because we've been made by this incredible God who is a creator, and we desire to be like him. So I encourage you to find uh, a way, practice, time to be silent during this season. Maybe even to get bored. And then also the sacrament of reconciliation. So many people experience a lot of fear around the sacrament. Um, maybe nervousness. Uh, maybe people have had bad experiences in the sacrament of reconciliation. A friend said to me at some point, uh, after I became a priest, you know, do you, is it really depressing hearing confessions over and over again? Like, doesn't that make you sad? Celebrating the Sacrament of Reconciliation is my favorite thing I get to do as a priest. Because you see, I get to witness over and over again how much God has done in people's lives and how deep and good His mercy is. I go to confession every week because I love receiving that mercy so much. So we have it, we have it, we offer the Sacrament of Reconciliation on Saturdays at 3 o'clock. And then anytime you want, you can call the office. Or whatever, grab a priest anytime. Um, we'd love to hear your confession. And so the sacrament of reconciliation is meant to draw us back to the coming of the Lord that happens now. When we receive him in the Eucharist, when he prepares us, he feeds us with this banquet that's so good, in which we delight this wedding feast of his arrival.